John chapter 10, if you're there, say amen. I give great honor to you, precious people. I give honor to my bishop tonight. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Jesus is pretty tough for somebody that just wants everybody to be happy. He said, but he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. Somebody say his voice. He calleth his own sheep by name. I believe I'm one of his. He calleth his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he puts forth his own sheep, are you seeing that language? The great shepherd's talking about his own sheep. He goes before them and the sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. Verse 5, and a stranger, they will not follow but they will flee from him for they know not the voice of strangers with the help of the Lord tonight the power of his spirit I want to preach to you from the subject a familiar voice a familiar voice could we thank the Lord for his word tonight God speak in this house touch every heart and every life every man every woman every boy every girl let the spirit of God speak God bless this precious church tonight, these precious people that have gathered here under the sound of my voice. May your voice be crystal clear. God, may you be the most visible. May you be the most audible. Use your servant tonight to touch the hearts of your people. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. and Let the church say amen. God bless you. You may be seated in Jesus' mighty name. A familiar voice. In his book, They Smell Like Sheep, Dr. Lynn Anderson tells a story. He said, my friend Roy tells a fascinating story about a trip to Israel that he took some years back. One afternoon, he stood on a ridge overlooking a long, narrow gorge. Below him, he said, the gorge opened up into the rolling grass-covered pasture lands and a single trail meandered down the length of the gorge floor, then breached out into dozens of trails when it reached the grasslands. A group of shepherds strolled down the gorge trail, chatting with one another, followed by a long, winding river of sheep. At the forks of the trail, the shepherds shook hands and separated, each taking a different path as they headed out into the grasslands. Roy recounted the fascinating sight that followed. He said, as the shepherds headed their separate ways, the mass of sheep streaming behind them automatically divided into smaller flocks, and each flock was stringing down the branch trail behind its appropriate shepherd. When the various shepherds and their flocks were distanced from each other by a few hundred yards, each shepherd turned to scan his own sheep, noting, 
that some strays had been left behind and were wandering in confusion among the rocks and the brush. Then one of the shepherds cupped his hands around his mouth and he called out in a strange piercing cry, Kai-yai-yai-yai-yai! He said at his shout, a couple of the stray lambs perked up their ears, bound toward his voice. He said the second shepherd tilted his head back, calling with a distinctly different sound, yip, 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 yip. He said when he did, a few more strays hurried straight toward him. He said another called his strays with a shroud, hoot, hoot, hoot. When he did, each shepherd in turn called, and each of the strays, hearing a familiar voice, knew exactly which shepherd he should run to. In fact, he said, none of the wandering sheep even seemed to notice any voice but the voice of his own shepherd. I believe this is what our creator meant when he said, my sheep know my voice. My sheep know my voice, but a stranger's voice, they will not follow He said, but that stranger's voice, he will flee from him. I feel tonight that we are so blessed to have the voice of the master in our lives. And I want to tell you that it's a powerful voice. The voice of the Lord is a voice of power. He said, my sheep know My voice, not a voice, my voice. My sheep know my voice. This is singular, it's powerful, it's direct, it's authoritative. It's the same voice that stills the winds and waves and silences demons and raises the dead and forgives sin. Acts chapter 9 and verse 4 said that when Saul heard the voice of the Lord, that it knocked him to the ground. Matthew 9 and 9 said that when Matthew heard the voice of the Lord, that he rose up and followed him. Matthew said, when I heard his voice, he caused me to rise up. Anybody here thankful for the power in his voice tonight? I want to tell you it's a powerful voice and it's a personal voice. He's a God that knows us tonight. Aren't you glad he knows your name? It's not just a powerful voice, it's a personal voice. It's a voice that knows your name. The Bible said he knows every hair that's on your head. In Acts 22 and 9, the Bible said, Paul said that they that were with me saw indeed the light and were afraid, but they heard not the voice that spake to me. Paul said, I was in a place where the light came from heaven. And he said, everybody saw the light, but I was the only one that heard the voice. Because the voice wasn't talking to them, the voice was talking to me. It's a personal voice that knows where you are. He'll find you on a Damascus road. The shepherd doesn't just call to the flock. Thank God he does. Thank God he speaks to the body. But he calls his own individually. He doesn't only know the individual, but he knows the individual sin. Because he said to Saul when that great light came and he heard the voice, he said, Saul, Saul. Why persecutest thou me? 
He didn't say, Saul, why are you breaking the law? He didn't say, Saul, why are you persecuting the church? He said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting me? I'm thankful that it's a personal voice. And I'm going to testify to you tonight and tell you that I'm thankful it's a pleasant voice. It's a voice that has the ability to bring peace when the storms are raging. When the boat is crashing, the waves are crashing into it. When it seems like you're taking on water and they said, surely we perish. He stood up and his voice said, peace, be still. And when his voice spoke, it calmed the winds and the waves. I'm telling you tonight that the shepherd's voice has a certain cadence to it. Nobody else's voice has the kind of cadence that his does. It's a melodious and pleasant sound that when he speaks, my heart begins to leap within my chest. It's such a pleasant voice that when he spoke on the road to Emmaus, they said, we knew there was something different about him because when he spoke, our hearts did burn within us. Then opened he their understanding to the scripture. And they knew who he was. His voice soothes with the promise of eternal life. I'm telling you, there's no other voice that can promise you the abundant and eternal life that he gives in John 10 and 10. He said, the thief cometh not before to kill and to steal and to destroy. But I have come. That you may have life and life more abundantly. I'm telling you, when his voice speaks... Death has to flee. When his voice speaks, Lazarus has to come forth. When his... God have mercy. When his voice speaks, the demons have to leave. When his voice speaks, the lepers are cleansed. I've come to tell you it's a soothing sound. At the voice of Jesus, when he opens up his mouth, you must understand it's the same voice that flung stars into space and said, let there be light. That same voice is the voice that speaks in my life when all that I see and all that I hear is chaos there is a voice. Verse 28 and 29 of chapter 10 lets us know that because of his voice speaking into my life, no man has the power to pluck me out of his hand. Aren't you grateful for that tonight? Nobody can pluck me out of his hand. His voice calms the fears of my, in my life of being alone and being afraid. Nobody, nobody in this world can take me out of his hand. If I want to get out of his hand, I'm going to have to walk out of his hand. But you can't take me out of his hand. Why does that matter, Pastor? Because some voices say, I don't deserve to be in his hand. Some voices say, I don't deserve his mercy. Some voices say, I have no right to be in the house of the Lord. But his voice said, you can stay in my hand and nobody can take you out of my hand. I find great joy and pleasure in knowing tonight there is no other voice that can take me out of his hand. And as long as I'm in his hand, I will never be alone. Never. Never going to be alone. Verse 16 says, that his voice has an amazing ability to make peace even when other sheep are added to the fold. Go read it for yourself. 
going to bring in some other sheep here, but I'm just going to speak to them. They're going to know me too. You know, I think we don't ever need to forget there's always room in the fold. I'm thankful for his voice, but I sure don't want to be selfish with it. I want people coming into the fold. Hallelujah. I think everybody in the world ought to have access to his voice. I think everybody in the world ought to have the Holy Ghost. It's that tender little voice inside your heart that says, don't do that. Don't go there. Don't say that. Don't wear that. Don't act like that. It's a voice that you know and you understand and you feel. I think everybody ought to have that voice. He can bring peace not only to me, but he can bring peace to that wayfaring stranger that comes in. He said, hey, let, let, me, let me teach you my voice. Folks, hear me tonight. There's nothing like knowing the voice of God. It's like David said in the 23rd chapter, it really don't matter if I'm laying in green pastures, if I'm beside still waters, or if I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I'll fear no evil. Because right here in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death, I hear a voice. Woo! This is, lo, I am with you always. Even to the end. Look, you're going to go through the valley of the shadow of death. It's going to happen in your life. You are going to face tragedies and triumphs. You're going to face dark days and bright days. But here's what I know. I don't want to face another day without his voice in my life. Well, if God is for me, then why did bad things happen? Hey, bad things are going to happen whether you're with him or you don't have him. If I'm going to face bad days, I'd rather face a bad day knowing there's a God that can speak peace. And when he don't speak peace to the storm, he can speak peace to me. Sometimes we don't think there's peace because the storm's still raging. But the song we used to sing, I I think it was... uh, what was her name? Lila, Lila something used to sing. Sometimes he calms the storm. Other times he calms the child. Anybody in here ever been in a storm? And you knew there was nothing you could do about the storm. But there was this deep settled peace that came out of nowhere. You just said, God, I don't know if I can do this. I don't think I can climb this mountain. I don't know what in the world I'm going to do. And all of a sudden you just felt this. You know what that is? That's the voice of the shepherd. It's a familiar voice. It's a voice that when everything else is crazy, he speaks and my soul finds rest. I said my soul finds rest. Now I thank God my wife never has, but maybe your wife's griping at you and you've heard her voice. Maybe your boss has been griping at you and you've heard their voice. But you understand what I'm telling you. When everybody else is just noise, There is a place that you can go and you can get on your face and say, Lord, I just need to hear your voice. Mm. It's that familiar voice that in seasons in my life when it's been a while since I've heard from him, I let him know, God, I don't like my life when I'm not hearing from you. Come on, anybody in here honest enough to say you've prayed and it felt like the heavens were brass? You've prayed and felt like every prayer you prayed hit the ceiling. Well, I want to tell you, his voice is not the only thing that's good. His ears are good too. 
And even when you haven't received an answer yet, he's heard every prayer you've prayed. He's seen every tear you've cried. He's watched every tear fall into your pillow at night when there's nobody else around. And the only voices that are speaking to you are like Job's comforters. And all they're doing is bringing more chaos to you. I want you to rest in knowing that even when you haven't heard his voice, he's heard yours. You believe it, say amen. amen. Ladies and gentlemen, if I may respectfully submit to you tonight, we live in some noisy times. Woo. We live in some noisy times. I spent almost two months away from social media and realized over the last three or four days why. I got on today to see what was going on, what was encouraging, what was happening. Started reading stuff that like, I'm like, what in the world are people thinking? We got a lot of noise in this world. A man that was saying he was abused by a pastor that expected him to be in the house of the Lord every time the doors were open. I said, how awful. Isn't that terrible? He said, I... It was so unfair. I had a pastor that expected me to be at prayer meeting. I was like, man, that dude is brutal. Somebody needs to take him to the Better Business Bureau and say. He said it was, it was abusive. He would stand up in the prayer room and deal with things in the, in the spirit. But call sin, sin in the prayer room. And I was like, man. I can't believe pastors these days are that bold. I'm telling you all the truth. I was laughing about this this week, but it's a fact. This is 2023. And if I got up and said a quarter of the things that my granddad used to say from the pulpit, I'd go to jail. I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to just comment on there and say, man, I was raised by them abusive preachers too. If we cut, you know, we couldn't text in church. We had to send notes. Back and forth. And y'all don't have to believe it, but I've been in them services where notes were not only taken, but notes were opened and read during church from the platform. Me and my mother got tickled in church one night. My, my granddad looked over at us and said, am I, am I missing something funny over here? My dad was preaching camp meeting one night. The house was full. And this boy next to me kept, kept pinching me. And, and my mom was on this side of me. He kept, and I, I was saying, stop, stop. And I, my dad called me out from the platform. He said, that's enough. I melted to the floor. These abusive preachers. Folks, I'm going to tell you something about his voice. His voice is interesting. Because when I'm doing what I should do, his voice feels gentle. When I get out of alignment, his voice feels abrasive. Woo. Ain't that something? We love our pastor when he's preaching on somebody else's sin. <laughs> but God forbid if he ever gets up and preaches on ours. 
I like it when it gets on somebody else's kid, but I'm telling you right now, if it gets on my kids. Thank God that I had an abusive pastor growing up. My dad made me get in the prayer. If you're going to play the drums on this platform, you're going to be in the prayer room. That's horrible. Why would you ever make young people go to the prayer room? I'll tell you why. Because you're carnal. We don't want carnality on this platform. We don't want people up here singing in the choir that's flesh has been ruling you all week long. Hey, I was raised to believe that the anointing flow can stop at any carnal person on this platform. That's why we got to have our hearts prepared and our lives in the right place. It's a noisy generation. I want to be able to hear his voice. It's noisy. It's noisy. And it keeps getting more noisy by the day. With all the noise that we hear, it's hard to hear his voice. I'm going to be honest. It's really hard to hear his voice with the glow of a screen in your face. I'm not here to chastise you, but I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. If you can't handle not being distracted while you're praying with your phone, then don't use your phone to read the scripture. Read your Bible. Get you a little safe place that you can put your phone down the hallway and go into your prayer room without that distraction. Pastor, I just don't know what to say. I don't know what to pray. Look, if you get really lost, don't know what to say, open up the book of Psalms and start praying. It's amazing what happens to you when you open up the word and say, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restores my soul. And all of a sudden, you start feeling joy. You didn't realize you were going to feel when you walk in with an open heart and say, Lord, created me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. All of a sudden, I start feeling a little joy I didn't have five minutes ago. Some of the voices that we hear are incredibly good at convincing us to pay attention to them. They create ads. That are geared just towards us. It's creepy. They convince us that whatever they are selling. To be safe. To be popular. To be jive. To be hip. To be in. That we need whatever they're selling. Does it freak anybody else out when you're sitting at the table. And you say something to your husband or your wife. And you're like. You know what I was thinking about the other day. I was thinking about that old shoe polish. You open up Instagram and there's an ad for shoe polish. Well, it's just a coincidence. No, it's not. They're listening to your voice so their voice can be more effective in your life. Oh, I, don't th- I don't think you're hearing what I'm telling you right now. Modern technology and social media means that companies know us now better than they ever have. They use that information to to make us think we need something else. Oh, Lord. A couple years back on social media, they got this little deal that when the commercial comes up, you just hit shop now. Takes you right to the store. You don't even have to leave Instagram. You can buy it right there. 
You're like, you know, I feel like I have been having inflammation. Maybe I do need that turmeric. I don't know what we'd do if we ever had to get up and go to the store. My God. My wife lays in bed at night and realizes everything the church needs, everything the school needs, everything we need. It's amazing to me. She, oh, I forgot to get more toilet paper for the church. I'm like, well, babe, they'll be grateful when you do. And guess what pops up in your social media feed? Charmin. You can't even talk about rump ribbon without it showing up in your feed. It's the truth. Yeah. Our phones are listening. Our devices are listening. Every day, all the time. Here's what we're saying. They know us. And all too often we know their voice. And we follow them. So why don't we always hear his voice? Come on, we hear CNN's voice. We hear Fox News' voice. Why don't we always hear his voice? Can I tell you, I got a few reasons tonight why I believe. I believe we're not hearing his voice because Jesus is not saying what we expected him to say. That was true of the Jewish people. The Jewish leaders, they were frustrated because there was something different about Jesus. He was claiming to be the Messiah. His disciples were saying he was the Messiah. But they said, no, 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 surely not. Because if he was the Messiah, he'd be saying things different. He'd be saying things like a conqueror, not a sheep led to the slaughter. And they missed his voice because he was not saying what they expected him to say. And I want to tell you that Jesus doesn't sound much like what a television evangelist makes him sound like. Jesus never said, send me a thousand dollars and I'll restore your marriage. Jesus never said, send me a seed and God will give you a Mercedes Benz. Jesus said, if any man comes after me, let him deny himself. Let him take up his cross and let him follow me. Jesus never said, you lead the way and I'll follow you wherever you go into happiness. Jesus never said, you lead the dance and I'll follow you. Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, you're going to follow me. He frustrated. He, he frustrated him. And he would say things, he would say things that upset him so bad because he'd say, you heard it said of old. But I say unto you. And when he'd say it, they'd be like, why would he say that? And I loved it when he'd get them hung up in it. He'd say, I'm going to answer your question, but before I do, I need you to answer mine. How do you feel about John? Was John of God or was he of men? He got them so confounded they had to get over and get him a board meeting started. They said, this guy, what are we going to do with him? He's not who he, who he says he is because he's not saying the right things. Folks, I want to tell you, it's amazing 
in my life how many times I've missed him because he wasn't saying what I thought he should be saying. Can I just break this down, Gerber style, and get this in your spirit? Sometimes we miss him because we're waiting on a yes, and he keeps saying no. Boy, I wish I could preach that to the choir up here tonight. I have anybody in here that'll hear what I'm saying? We, 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 we want to hear him say, you don't have to climb that mountain. But he says, bring thine only son. Well, you know, you can say that mountain be thou removed and it'll be removed. That, well, it may be with some, but he don't move every mountain. Some mountains you have to climb, and if you don't climb it, you never find the ram at the top. If you don't climb the mountain, you never know his provision. God doesn't always say stop, and God doesn't always speak deliverance. Sometimes he just speaks, I'm going to give you sufficient grace for you to make the climb, and then I'll provide for you. Come on, somebody. Sometimes we want him to speak healing, but we never know he's a healer until we've had to live through it. Uh, these days, as soon as someone speaks, we make up their mind, we make up our mind what they're saying. It's truth. You can either say amen or oh me. But as soon as somebody speaks to us or they speak on social media or anything else, we're immediately listening for what's their agenda? What's their ulterior motive? What are they trying to do? Are they trying to take advantage of me? We're looking at how much evidence there is and what they're saying that they're going to be the next guy to come get us. And we make up our mind what they're saying before we really even know what they're saying. Or am I the only one? Should I be transparent here? I got my friends tickled the other day talking about my granddad. Now, I know you're not going to believe this because he was a spiritual man. But my papa got talking about somebody, what they were saying. I said, Papa, you believe that? He said, no. No, he's a liar. I, 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 I don't believe a word he says. He's a liar. Folks, listen. I'll never understand. Oh, Lord, I hope I make friends and influence people here, Dale Carnegie. I will never understand why we will listen to the voice of the liar every time. But we'll miss the voice of the shepherd. The devil is a liar and the truth is not in him. And every time he talks, we listen. But when the shepherd starts speaking, he doesn't say what we wanted him to, so we don't hear it. The devil says, you're going to be sick unto death. We say, oh, God. The preacher gets up and preaches and says, in the house tonight, there's healing. You can be healed right now. We say, I wish God would do it for me. He's done it for everybody else. Am I preaching? Y'all uncomfortable? You want me to push a little bit and get you uncomfortable? Somebody say, help me, Pastor. Why do we miss his voice? Because he's not saying what we think he should. He's not saying, he's not saying at all what, what, what we think that he should. But I want to tell you this. 
God don't have a social media account, so you can't ever look at it and say, I don't know what he's trying to get at, but I can tell you this. He's never going to take advantage of you. And it's important that you know walking in, whatever he says, it's good. It's good when it feels good, and it's good when it don't feel good. It's good when it's yes, and it's good when it's no. It's good when it's deliverance, and it's good when I'll just ride in the boat with you. Pastor, I don't know. I I just think if it's good, it's going to feel good. No, no. You just need to know that all things are working together for your good. It may not feel good, but it's working for your good. If you've been called according to his purpose, it's going to work out. Everything's going to be all right. I'm here to challenge this church tonight. Stop listening for what you're expecting him to say and just listen for his voice. Man, I've had a lot of days where I knew what I wish he'd say. But when he spoke, it wasn't what I thought he was going to say. The prophet said, I looked, there was a whirlwind. Woo! Come on, I hadn't left the book yet. He said, I, I, I looked up and there was a great whirlwind, but he wasn't there. He said, man, I looked in the lightning. He wasn't there. Somebody say he wasn't there. I thought that's where he'd be. I thought he'd be there because when Jesus, it was time for him to be glorified. It said that a voice came from heaven and the Jews that were standing there said, was that thunder or an angel talking? Because sometimes you hear him in the thunder. Sometimes he's not in the thunder and he's not in the whirlwind and he's not in the fire. He said, I I sat there and I tried to figure out where he was. And then I heard that still, small voice. It's that still, small voice. It's hard to hear with the radio so loud. It's that voice that's hard to hear with the TV turned up. It's that voice that's hard to hear when you've already made up your mind you're going to win this fight with your spouse if, if it kills everybody in the house. Boy, did I just touch on something right there. Good God Almighty. Some, some people don't care about being right. They just want to win. It's true. It, it, it's amazing. But every now and then, if you'll just slow down and pay attention, when you start acting ugly and saying things you shouldn't say, you'll feel that little tick go, uh, 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 uh. And you're like, ah, uh, but I wanted to. You know, I wish I could come up with a contraption. Bishop, I'd be a multi-billionaire tomorrow if I could come up with a contraption that gives you five seconds to take your words back. You ever just said it and wish you could... You know what keeps you from feeling that way? That voice. I had a young man in this church... Tell me a story. I'm not going to go into the fullness of it. But he told me that he got cheated on his job the other day out of a great bonus. And he said, I was so angry. There were things I wanted to say. And he said, Pastor, you've been proud of me because I held my tongue. He came to me the very next service. And he said, Pastor, I want to tell you what happened. He said, I went to work. And one of our customers came in and walked up. And he said, I'm, I'm not verbatim. But he said, he said, I... 
I know you, that you missed your bonus. He said, so I want to tell you, I'm going to spend whatever I have to spend. I don't care how many thousands of dollars it is. I'm going to spend whatever I have to spend for you to get your bonus. Can I sing you an old song? Victory, victory shall be mine. If I hold my peace, let the Lord fight my battles. I ain't got nobody wants to sing it with me tonight. If I hold my peace, let the Lord fight my battles. Victory. He's not saying what we want him to, what we expected, so we miss it. I can tell you, there's a few of us in here, maybe the reason we're not here is because we're ashamed to listen. Sometimes maybe we've missed his voice. Not just because he's not saying what we expected him to say. but Maybe it's because we're too ashamed. We're carrying such a load of shame and guilt. That even when he says, I forgive you, I can't forgive myself. Woman, where are your accusers? She lifts her face. She said, there, there are none. He said, neither do I condemn you. Go your way. Aren't you thankful for that voice? Folks, I want to tell you, anytime he wants to raise that powerful voice in judgment, he can judge on the matter. But thank God, his mercy endures forever. Thank God, thank God, when he could have pronounced judgment on my life, he said, neither do I condemn you. Go your way and sin no more. In Genesis, the third chapter, this happens. God comes to speak to them. His voice came in the cool of the day. I believe you'll find it about the eighth verse. His voice came. He said, where are you? And They said, Lord, Lord, we heard your voice. And we hid ourselves. Because we were naked. Listen what I'm telling you tonight, precious people of God. Shame kept them from their visitation. I know history's written and it is what it is. And the plan's all fixed and it's done. We got a plan of salvation and he was slain from the foundation of the world. But have you ever wondered what would have happened if when his voice came into the garden in the cool of the day, instead of them hiding with guilt and shame, what if they would have been on their knees Saying, we've been waiting all day. We've messed up, Lord. We made a mistake. You had a plan. I know, the, I know it's already written. It's done. You can't fix it. And everything else is just hypothetical. But I wonder what would have happened if that day when his voice came into the garden, if they would have said, God, would you please forgive us? We made a mistake. You know what? I know, I, again, it's hypothetical. You can't, but I'm going to tell you, I believe his mercy is powerful enough that that day, if there would have been a repentant heart, he would have said, I forgive you. Go, go right back over. But you know what happens when shame keeps us from his voice? We spend the rest of our lives looking at a flaming reminder 
of how it could have been. I'm here to reach for somebody tonight that shame has gripped your life. If you don't listen to the voice of God now, there's going to come a day in your life that all you're going to see is a reminder of what could have been if you would have just listened to his voice. I love you precious people, but I'm reaching for somebody's soul in here tonight. I'm here to tell you to put down your pride and put down your arrogance and put down your shame and run to the cross and hear the voice of God. Yes, you made a mistake. Yes, you've lived hard. Yes, you've been broken, but his voice can heal you tonight. I'm going to tell you why I've missed his voice at other times. When I got over my shame, I finally heard his voice. He said what I didn't want to hear. Can I preach to you? I needed a fresh word. I don't know if he told the story here or not. I'm not going to tell his name. I'll let him tell the story or tell you it's him when he comes back to preach sometime. But I got a buddy, pastor friend. He was in a meeting with a prophet. He said, man, this guy was calling everybody out. And he was like, brother, you hurt your third lumbar and God's going to fix it. And he laid hands on boom. Guy's back was healed just like that. I've been in those meetings. It's powerful. He said every, <laughs> he said every time that, that that guy would turn towards my direction, he said, I'd just lean. Like, <laughs> he said, if he started to point to somebody where I was sitting on that platform, he said, I'd just lean towards him. Like, I want him to give me a word. He said, I did that all night, and I was so frustrated. He said, he kept prophesying, prophesying. He was like, I, he prophesied to everybody in the room. And I just kept on leaning. He said... Finally, that preacher turned around and looked at me. He said he looked me square in the eyes. Now he said my stomach started. He's like, oh, my time is here. And he said that preacher looked me square in the eye and pointed at me. He said, you, sir, do not need a word. He said, God has already given you everything you need to hear from him. Folks, I want you to hear me tonight. The biggest time of your life that you spend searching for another word is not because you're spiritual. It's because you didn't like the last one. So don't go to another conference. Don't, 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 don't waste your time dialing 1-900, I need a prophet. Hey, we had a friend that, that became that. I'm telling you right now, the hungriest I ever get for a fresh word from heaven is when I was not happy with the last thing he said to me. Because sometimes the last thing he said to me was go make it right with them. And my feeling is I'd rather just forgive them from a distance. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? But his voice said, that if you've got a brother that's offended you, you're to go to everybody in the choir first. Come on, what'd he say? He said, you're to go to him. 
And if he won't hear you, take a witness. Facebook don't count as a witness. Pastor, you are preaching tonight. Thank you. Your post and jabs at other people, that's not a witness. As a matter of fact, it'll destroy your witness. It's tough when we don't like what he said. Does anybody here remember that little story in the Bible? As a matter of fact, I think he even got his own book. His name was Jonah. Governor Nineveh. Okay, Lord, I'm headed down there to Joppa right now. And he got in the belly of the well and he said, Lord, I need a word. The Lord said, I ain't giving you another word. I told you where to go. They say that Nineveh was somewhere probably close to 600,000 people in that day and time. And God sent one man to preach. One man. God said, there's 600,000 people counting on you to preach what I told you to preach. And all you ask me for is another word? Boy, it's quiet up in here right now. What about that rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10? You've done good, man. You've been a blessing. And here comes the voice. But one thing thou lackest. I don't know. I don't like that. I don't want you telling me what I'm lacking. I just want you to tell me how good I've been. How many of you know sometimes his voice says things we don't like? Well, I guess I better, I guess I better wrap this up. C.S. Lewis said that God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our consciences, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. He said sometimes the only way you're ever going to hear his voice is when you're right in the middle of something that you don't like. But I can tell you that on the darkest days of my life, he comes right up close. And even when he doesn't give me the answer that I wanted, I find peace in knowing that I can still hear his voice. Amen. In closing tonight, Mother, if you would come help me this evening. In closing tonight, I want to make one final point. The Lord spoke to me early this morning. I was in my truck and I was just playing the word of God. I was on my way to the church. And I was listening to John chapter 10. I got to John chapter 10 and verse number 5. And something, something came to me that I've never... I've never really paid attention to it like this. Maybe it slipped by me. Some of you are smart enough, you've probably seen it. There was something that was just different about this this morning. I stopped. I played it over my mind again. Scrolled back and read it again. He starts by saying, my sheep hear me. They know my voice. They follow me. But listen to this. He said, but a stranger, they won't follow Okay, now stay with me right here. This is just the way my brain works. 
He said, they know my voice and they'll follow me. But he said, they won't follow a stranger. And something occurred to me. That any voice I follow, I follow because I'm familiar with it. I'm saying there's some voices in your life that at one time was a stranger to you. But you've become so familiar with that voice that it's no longer a stranger. He said, if it's a stranger, they won't follow it. But I wonder how many times that stranger's got to come and whisper to you until you finally get so comfortable that you say, you know what? I think I'll follow that stranger because he's not a stranger anymore. Church family, there have been temptations that have come to some of you that at one time in your life, you were a stranger to that temptation, would have never followed it. But you've entertained it and sat down at the table with a good cup of coffee or a good cup of tea. Started negotiating with some things that you thought you'd never negotiate. And now that voice is no longer a stranger, so you started following in that direction. But I want to tell you tonight that James chapter 4 and verse number 7 gives us the power to this secret. He said, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. I want you to say this with me right now. Resist the devil and he will flee. Jesus said they won't follow a stranger. They'll flee from it. Hey, I want to tell you, when we learn to submit to God and resist the devil, we got to keep him a stranger. My God, Ephesians 4 and 27 said, neither give place to the devil. Don't even crack the door. Don't even let him sit down. Don't even chat with him. Don't give him time. We got to keep sin, a stranger, in our house. Let's stand together. I was raised hearing old timers say things like this. Don't give the devil an inch or he'll take a mile. I'm here to preach to this precious congregation tonight. There's only one voice that's going to lead me in. And it's the same voice that's going to welcome me in. The greatest fear I have in my life, and I mean this sincerely, the greatest fear I have in my life, Elder, is to stand before that familiar voice and hear him say, depart from me. You worker of iniquity, I never knew you. Somebody that's heard his voice in the past is going to hear that familiar voice again someday when he says to you, you walked away from me. I tried to commune with you, but you didn't have time to know me. So depart from me. I want to tell you, John saw the overcomers. He said, I saw a number that couldn't even be numbered. It was 10,000 times 10,000. He said, they overcame the accuser by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. You know who they are? They're the ones that have learned the voice of God. And when that familiar voice speaks, we respond. If you're in this house tonight and you want to hear that voice, you want to respond to that voice, come on, some of you is talking to you right now. 
Would you just lift your hands to the Lord right now?